episode 340, How to Headline Your Content, Oliver Wellington. He's a best-selling author, he's a coach, he's a TEDx speaker. He's studied and interviewed the world's elite minds with over 300 episodes since 2014. <laughs> this dude's book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive, shares the best stories in his own strategic way and just gives you actions to be the leader in your own life. So who am I talking about, boys and girls? This is my man, Adam Lewis Walker. What's up, mate? <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay, we have a brilliant one here. To genuinely something I use, and then I obviously came across, got in contact with the founder, and wanted to have him on to share ultimately what I think is a great resource that's out there. So we have Oliver Wellington on the line. He's the co-founder of Headliner, which we're going to dig into. This is not his first company, not his first rodeo. So we're going to dig into all of that. But firstly, Oliver, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I'm ready. I've been up for a few hours. Let's do this. Awesome. So that was a quite short bio. I introduced you. Is there anything else you'd like to add or highlight in sort of what you all about at the moment? Well, I mean, so yeah, like, as you mentioned, headliner is a uh, dot app, uh, headliner dot app. Um, it's our, myself and the co-founders second startup and we had a previous one that we sold to a public company, uh, in the States. Um, kind of working with blog, a lot of bloggers. We worked with about 100,000 bloggers and publishers. And with that company, we were all about community building and, and making a great product that people could use for free. And we're doing the same thing again with um, Headliner. And for the most part, uh, we've been used by podcasters and radio hosts, and we're building community around that and just trying to help get the word out and keep, keep pr producing a product that people like that helps them promote themselves. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on it there. If, if someone that is obviously just listening to this doesn't know anything about Headliner, in the very sort of, not dumbed down version, but what is like the, the because the, it, it comes across when I saw it, I was like, oh, this, this looks very good, very simple and like easy to use. I mean, what's the kind of the hook for someone who's listening? What is it all about apart from obviously finding ways to promote themselves? Yeah, so Headliner is, is an online, so I mean, stepping back a little bit, um, everything is kind of shifting over to, to video, not everything, but you know, Video is becoming a huge part of social media um, and how those algorithms work. It's, you know, prioritizing video over text, over images. Um, and even recently, Mark Zuckerberg came out and is betting real big on sto the story format. So now you think, okay, it used to be that you would create a video and it could stay up there forever. Now, you know, people are pushing videos that are going to disappear in 24 hours. So how are, how are you supposed to keep up with all those videos that need to be created so that you stay relevant on social. And so we're, we made a tool that makes it really easy to produce large amounts of video from your other content, basically repurposing your content um, from audio, from text, from still images into video so that you can kind of help get it out there more on social media. So the main use case for us, if you're a podcaster or a radio host, is that you take a clip from your episode 
and then you can add easily in Headliner, you can easily add in a moving waveform, images, subtitles. Yeah, it's really good. It's really uh, good. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the and thing. You can do it in a, just a few minutes. Yeah, it looks like you would have spent hours on it, and it looks really good. And I, I played around with it, and I'm a sort of early doors. But yeah, I did that for a you know, piece of a podcast, or if you've done talks and you've got some great talk where you've got like the, quite a long bit, you can just like cut a bit where you said something cool and you can just like, you can have that in there. You can, you can, the, the, the audio wave is cool as well. You can, yeah, images, you can have videos and, and it's kind of templates and it does not take long. And um, yeah, and then you, you can also, you just save it for different mediums, which I find, think is very cool as well for, you know, Instagram stories or, you know, Facebook, you know, loads of different ways. And it's very, very quick and easy and, and free, which is, you know, it's a, so it's, it's a, very organically, as I say, I came across this and I was like, you know, there's always stuff out there. And I just uh, found this and was like, wow, this is very cool. So um, awesome. So I want to touch on your origins first then. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? And kind of what I assume you weren't thinking when I'm older, I'm going to create this <laughs> growing up. What did you want to be growing up? <clears throat> wow. Okay. So I grew up in um, Massachusetts. Uh and now I live in New York City, so I'm 36. So I spent the first 18 years of my life, the first half in Massachusetts. I grew up on Cape Cod, which is like kind of like a beach oh, area. Nice. So it's really active in the summer and really kind of dead in the winter. People are uh, I, I'm in a similar area now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, well, I didn't grow up there, but I'm in. I've moved to Northern Michigan. So yeah, we're just. Uh, it's just getting to the winter, but yeah, the population here just swells in the summer and just. Poof, <laughs> it can be a bit like a ghost yeah. town in the winter yeah. yeah it's kind of i mean i kind of liked it i mean my, my yeah. favorite time to go to the beach is in the middle of the winter when no one else is there yeah um, but nice. anyhow so yeah, i grew up on cape cod um and then i went to school here in new york city and so i've been in new york for the past 18 years uh i was in a rock band for about five years um and then i went to business school was that was that was that legitimately like you was that for five years you were like professional or you were playing gigs and you that was your main yeah, yeah. Job? I, that, yeah, that was the main awesome. thing i did i mean yeah, yeah i mean i would also like uh do temp jobs like filing at large insurance awesome. company stuff yeah. you know but because I, 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 I don't want to I don't want to steal someone else's headline, but I saw something from you. Like, was I saw one of your interviews from um, headbanger to headliner? I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. I still have a slight like. You probably can't see this on the podcast, but I'm kind of tweaking my neck a little bit. I still have a little bit of a <laughs> That's rock awesome. injury in my um, neck vertebrae. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but so I, you know, the music industry is like. I think what it came down to is like, I worked really hard to be proficient at my instrument. And I don't know that I had a lot of natural talent in music. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of reached that, that place where it's like, okay, how much harder do you want to work in music for something you might not be? You're okay at, I was pretty good. But not yeah. like, you know, that professional level is a whole other world where it's, you've got the hard, the people that are at the top are all amazing. They have the hard work and the natural talent and they're just firing on all cylinders, right? And so I thought, okay, like, let's just like reset and, and I'll go to business school and, and kind of, I knew I wanted to start my own thing or be a part of an early stage company. Um, and so that's kind of what I did right after school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, origin wise, I mean, I guess like, yeah, growing up, I mean, my job was, uh, I worked for my dad in construction. Oh, has, I did. I did a similar thing. Did you, yeah. did you, when did the band, did you always think like cause five years of like pretty much going at it? Did you, is that what you aspired to be like a, a rock star pretty much at one stage? 
Yeah, so when I was growing up, that was what you'd ask. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, the best feeling in the world is, to me, is being on stage in front of people that are singing your own, the songs that you wrote back to you, right? Wow, so, yeah. That kind of feeling. And then I think, like, that, that it happened, you know, it would be like a few hundred people in the audience, which it feels great. <laughs> and so you kind of want to replicate that and get bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, so, but growing up, I kind of wanted to, I've always been into... Uh, you know, music and stuff. And, and I started really getting into like, I played saxophone in elementary school. And then uh, in middle school, I started playing guitar. And so yeah, like I wanted to grow up and, and be a musician. I went to like music summer camp at a music college in high school for a couple summers, which was great. And um, I kind of had like the music going. And then I would also work for my dad doing construction, which was like, if you can imagine like shingling roofs in the hot sun and like, yep, yep. just a lot of manual labor, which I think is actually pretty good. But um, for me, it was kind of monotonous. And uh, I, I knew I didn't want to like do construction my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I basically wanted to do the music thing. And then the natural kind of progression of like, what feels like a band is a startup, to me, at least. Like, yeah. In the early stage, it's a small group of people trying to do the impossible, and you just work hard, and, and hopefully over time you start getting people that are interested in what you're doing and getting fans. I kind of think of our people using us now as fans rather than <laughs> typical users, just like yep. being in a band, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, so. That's awesome. So I want to talk about almost like the, uh, maybe a couple of times, almost the uh, like awakening moment where you feel like you, you got onto the right path because you, you, maybe you had it early on with the, the band, but then like you said, it didn't, you felt like, Hmm, I'm not sure about this long term. And then whether it's when you hit what something with um, headliner, when is there a moment when you felt like, ah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going all in on this. I think like, like when I knew I wanted to, so, so, Working for my dad, I started when I was 10. Uh, we, I'd work on like uh, all school breaks in summer. I guess child labor laws don't apply to your own kids. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but so I worked really hard and like he was kind of like an old school uh, boss in the sense that like, you know, like I wasn't his son as much when we were working. I was like one of his workers. And so we would start, you know, we'd leave the house every day at 8 a.m. And if it was like 7.55 and I wasn't like already in the truck, it was like I was late, you know. And so I think from a very young age, I learned the value of working really hard, right? And yeah. so that was like, okay, like I learned I work hard. And also in working for my dad, I think it kind of ruined me for wanting to ever have a boss. Because <laughs> if your own dad's your boss, at some point you're like, I don't want to work for anybody. And so from a very young age, I knew like, I'm not going to work at a company for someone else. Uh, and I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah. so that's kind of been like, I never really have had a boss per se. I've started my own things. We, mm -hmm. you know, the previous startup, this startup, and like, that's kind of like a, a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but I think, you know, going forward, I still want to keep doing my own things yeah. and, and, and it's been really exciting. And so I would say like in terms of the startups and headliner. So it's actually an interesting path to how we've gotten here. Cause we originally had a mobile app that kind of didn't do very well. Yeah. I think the moment that I realized headliner was like taking off was a couple months ago. Um, we just started getting like, you know, people, 
just start sending you emails telling you how much they love it. People start yeah. sending you notes on Twitter being like, this is amazing. I can't believe this is free. How did you do this? Wow, mm -hmm. I love this. How can I help your company? And when you start getting that stuff like, you know, at first it might be like one a week, two a week, but yeah. now it's like every day. And completely and so honestly, I don't, I don't reach out like I did to you generally because, you know, there's, there's lots of cool software out there, but it was, that was my reaction as well when I found it. Like, wow, this is cool. And that, obviously I reached out a bit like you were talking about there. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, even, yeah, ex even the fact that, I mean, you, the fact that we're talking could be the moment <laughs> in some <laughs> regards, you know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Wow. Hey, that's, that's legendary. So, I mean, we've been all this, it sounds quite situational with your dad and the work stuff, but who helped awaken your alpha, whether it was from someone from afar or just someone you aspired to or someone saying the right thing either in school, in works, the right colleague or something that just kind of clicked and you're like, yeah, this, I don't know. Is it, it, it's not always a specific person. I think honestly, like, um, you know, like in terms of the hard work, I got that from my dad. And then mm -hmm. in terms of just my co-founder, Neil is actually a bit of a mentor to me too. He's, yeah. uh, he's six years older than I am. And so I've, I've known him for, uh, since I was in my early twenties and we started working together about 10 years ago and just working with him has been very inspirational because, um, he has that same hard work ethic. Um, but he's also a technical mind. He's, he's a, yeah. like a, like he could be like a CTO of a company or something like that. He's also yeah. the, the founder, you know, here. Um, but just working with him and kind of seeing how he sees the world and thinks about building a business has been kind of the, the thing that keeps me going in a lot of ways in, yeah. in tech. You so, know, like I think yeah. without him, I probably wouldn't be in tech and I wouldn't have been in tech for 10 years, you know, and yeah. I'm happy in it now, but it's, it's really been kind of great work. Awesome. So, how did headliner idea you said about there was a mobile app first but um how did that that, that idea to the, the origins of this and how long has it been in its current form really where you say like this has been around for however long like you said and only in the last few months you feel like it's really coming together but how long have you been around kind of thing and the idea yeah, so we were in business school we read this book, book that was kind of funny called the drunkard's walk kind of about it's about like stumbling through different business ideas and how to kind of uh how to have more control over yourself and so i kind of thought of i think about that a little bit looking back at how we ended up where we are today but essentially we had an app uh it was called spare min and it was originally there's kind of two iterations of the app and then there's headliner and so the first iteration of the app was uh, to help people connect in their free time to give advice or to help out other people yeah. um, and do stuff like that. And so that we got some moderate success with, but we found that people were actually started, like we built this app for one purpose. People actually were using it to record uh, conversations and then share them like as segments on their podcast. And we're like, oh, okay. okay, like, you know, most people are using it this way. So then we focused on, all right, let's like re retool the app so that people can use it for recording their interviews, right? Um, and so we did that and then people wanted to share their interviews. And so we made an embed that you could put on a website and kind of post the interviews from the app there. And people were very interested in that. And we kind of saw a lot of interest in the idea of sharing audio. Um, and there's this article that came out on, I think it was on dig about audio, never going viral. Um, mm. and so how can audio go viral? Can it go viral? Because most of social media isn't made for audio. Like it's yeah. like, how do you going to, post an mp3 on facebook it's like okay I, I don't even know how to do that you know <laughs> um so a bunch of people started trying to tackle that and so headliner actually kind of it's kind of funny so 
uh, WNYC here in New York, the public radio station. I, I, I'm not exactly sure how they made it, but they had like a hack weekend or something and they made a audiogram generator. It was very simple. You could take an image, put a waveform on it, and then export it. And you can, it was very kind of basic and easy to yeah. use. Um, and so I wanted to try it out. And so I had one of our tech guys kind of download the software package and install it on a server uh, for me to use. And then it worked and it was cool. So I sent it to some podcasters we know. They started using it. And then that was kind of like at some point, between, that was like in a, a little over a year ago. So then like, it's kind of funny, but we had this moment where we were looking, this is probably the real moment where we made the shift actually. Yeah. Um, we, this moment where we were like looking at our app installs and we were looking at the number of people that were coming to the hosted version of this open source audiogram generator. And we realized that, you know, there was more people going to this audiogram generator page. We had just like kind of thrown up than this, this app we had spent all this time and effort building. And we were like, well, let's just do it. Let's jump all in on the app. And so, um, we, you know, the, the open source thing had a few issues in that it couldn't handle a lot of traffic. Um, yeah. And it didn't have things like captions, which are super important for social media. And you could only have a single image, you couldn't have video. So we essentially rewrote our own version of that, which has um, some of those elements like the, the waveform and the image, but we added in things like a timeline and yeah. the ability to add as many videos as you want. You could have um, captions and subtitles and there's automatic transcription going on. And uh, you can add a watermark, all these kind of things to make it a little more professional. And so from that, uh, a little over a year ago, we started working on Headliner, and since then, it's had kind of like these periods of steady growth followed by uh, more growth. And it feels kind of like when we level up to getting more growth, we kind of don't go back; we just keep getting more users awesome. at that new level. Yeah, and so yeah, so it's been awesome. And one of the main reasons that the audiogram functions and all that stuff, like, will you know the 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 very basic audiograms for sure will like always be free is that it, the roots are in the open source project. And, and so I think like it's only appropriate to, to make that stuff free. Yeah. Um, but I, wow. So many questions around that. I'll try and keep it <laughs> to a couple. Um, so, I mean, there's the way that's all evolved. I mean, I'll ask you what kind of to wrap that all up there, the entrepreneurial lessons around, you know, creating something and I suppose having your idea set on something, and then, but this is listening to, this is what the people want as opposed to what you want to give them in a certain way. And obviously sometimes, I think sometimes people just bang their head against the wall when there's like, there's opportunity and it's, it's right there with just a tweak or a slight pivot. I mean, what do you think about entrepreneurship and probably mistakes people make and what you kind of, what you did right in that period to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think like the right, the main thing is when you put a lot of time and effort into something and it's not really working, um, it's really hard to let it go. Mm. And I think, you know, like we probably think even now, if you asked everyone in our company, we'd probably looking back retrospectively, we'd say, Oh, we waited way too long to switch to headliner from Spearman. Yeah. Uh, we waited way too long to put effort into that. But I think, um, you know, we could have waited longer. <laughs> you could, yeah. you know, at any point when you've made the right decision, you look back and say, Oh, I should have made that earlier. <laughs> yeah. but in the moment you don't always know. So I think, um, it's just like um, once you've made the decision to switch to something, it's like it's good to just go all in and, and kind of cut off everything else. Yeah. And also, I want to ask your tips on this kind of business model where, you know, the main product currently is really kind of a free thing 
And obviously, so you, and if, if it's good, which it is, then you can get lots of users and, and the, the thoughts of this kind of startup and then the, the big monetization, not necessarily issue because there's been lots of companies before have gone sort of this route. What are your plans for that? And uh, how do you think this differs from the, the, you know, more the traditional model of you put something out, people buy it and that's that to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like if you look at the video space, there's lots of video companies out there that make software you could pay for at a monthly fee or some large fee. And so we kind of think, okay, like it's the basics of video are something that everyone is going to need to promote themselves. So making that free is kind of like an access issue for most people. And then secondly, um, if we build it and get enough users and, and, and people that are fans of it and um, people that are supportive of us, then I think there's a lot of opportunities. So in terms of the monetization stuff, uh, we actually have a marketplace where people who are super busy can pay anywhere from three to 10 bucks to have videos created for them. And that's kind of one way we can make some money. Um, we also um, work in enterprise with large companies setting up custom versions of Headliner for them. So if you're a large org and say you have like 20 so media managers or 20 radio hosts or anything like that, or maybe a hundred, you know, yeah. it, it goes anywhere from 20 to a few hundred. Um, they can have a custom version of Headliner installed for them or that they can access that allows them to create brand specific content only so they can um, crank out videos specific to their brand very quickly. Awesome. I like that. And I suppose um, what's, what's, what, I could ask this towards the end, but I'm curious now. What's the, what do you think is the future? And obviously from the journey, obviously you never know because it may change slightly, but what is the, the plans for say 2019 and beyond currently with Headliner? So right now we kind of want to continue expanding within the world of audio. Um, and then we also want to kind of branch out into other, and we have been branching out into other types of social videos. So uh, we've been working with some bloggers and publishers that uh, are using us to make, turn their articles or blog posts into content, uh, video content as well. And so I think it's going to be all about that. And then also kind of like you touched on monetization, uh, we need to start making some money in 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll be focusing on that and testing out some different models there. So we're going to start to wrap this up now with the alpha round. So I want to start that off with what is either a personal quote or just a, a quote that's a favorite quote in terms of how you like to approach your life or just a, uh, springs to mind when someone says what's your favorite quote <laughs> my favorite quote could be something you said <laughs> oh something i said oh boy or it could, no or it could be you know it could be like a i have on my wall here do it do it now by arnold from <laughs> the movie predator um yeah I have, I have all sorts i love a quote so i mean if nothing springs to mind nothing springs to mind oh i mean my, my best quote for me especially being the kind of new englander that i am is just stay positive <laughs> because uh, I have a tendency to to get into negative patterns of thought mm -hmm. and to think more about how things are not working and think and then how they could work and to be and so if you're positive and it's kind of silly but it's like I've been listening to motivational speeches and stuff like that which I've never really done before and it's actually mm -hmm. been very helpful. I used to kind of like poo poo it and make just think it was silly but it's yeah. actually like if you fill yourself with positivity and surround yourself with positive people, it actually will affect who you are and you'll become more positive from it. And so that's kind of where my head's at right now. It's just wake up every day, be thankful for the day, do a little exercise and keep it positive. Awesome. 
Is there a particular book that's either was impactful for you if you ever you know read a particular book at a particular time or just a, a book that you recommend? There's a really good book um, for people that are thinking about marketing their business and it could be tech or it could be anything really. And it's, it's actually, it gives you um, kind of a methodology for testing out different marketing channels. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's called Traction. And so that book, I definitely suggest checking out. It's, um, it's more of like a, um, a guidebook than kind of a book around. It's more of like a, here's how you do this book, a how-to book than yeah. a kind of inspirational book. But it's like a good, um, if you're kind of thinking, okay, I have a product, how do I promote it? And so uh, you might want to try new things. Like we generally will all try things we're comfortable with. Like yeah. if, if we're comfortable with doing cold emailing, we'll do that. If we're comfortable with social media, we'll do that. If we're comfortable with like talking in front of groups, we'll do that. And we should keep doing the things we're comfortable with. But if you kind of want a framework to test out other things that you might not always be comfortable with, it's a really great book for, for, for trying that stuff out. Awesome. And taking headliner out of the equation, because this seems like the obvious recommendation for a resource, is there any particular resource that you use within your business or within life or just something, it could be very low tech, high tech, bearing in mind your background, that you think is uh, really useful to your daily, weekly life and you just think not so well known? Something like headliner, but not headliner, I guess. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, so there's a few different things that, I think are pretty good. I use um, a lot of the, just like the Google docs are, are helpful for keeping track, but for taking like, for keeping lists, I've been using this one called Wonderlist. Okay. Um, which is an app, which is, uh, I find it to be pretty good if you just want to make a, a list of things you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've been listening to a lot of, um, obviously I listen to a lot of podcasts being that I'm kind of working in an audio focused company, yep. audio video company. And so, I've been trying a lot of different podcast apps out and I've kind of settled on the one that the two that I like, I'm on an uh, iPhone now. So I actually been using um, overcast, okay, which I think is a pretty good one. I, I had a lot of issues with the Apple one. Um, and then on Google, Google had released a, a podcast app actually that's quite good um, that if I'm on an Android device, I'll use as well. Awesome. And then um, I've been hitting up a lot of audible. I, I know people know what audible is and, yeah. and it's not like super secret, but like if you're commuting and you want to learn stuff on the train, what, what better way than to listen to a, an audio book? Definitely quality. Okay. What is, Oh, sorry. So who from your network would you think would be a great interview for the awaken your alpha show who pops to mind? I've got, so there's a guy I know who is doing a startup right now and he's a very accomplished uh, rock drummer. Okay. Like he's played, you know, he actually, um, he's, he's a cool guy. I've known him. Yeah. We actually know each other from the days when I was in a band. Yeah. And so he, um, he was working at this drum school here in New York for a number of years and he, he's one of those hardworking dudes. He actually ended up owning the school. Like he, he worked Whoa. up from being like an intern to a, teacher to buying the school over the time like you you know he i don't know if he was the majority owner but he was up there with like yeah you know he was on the sheet right he was one of the main owners there and so that uh is kind of wild and i think so he yeah. um started a a new app that's really similar to my old app yeah. um and so i've been kind of been like chatting with him about it a bit it sounds like a great potential interview no i'd love if you could connect connect us uh, what's his name anyway yeah yeah 
Uh, his name's uh, Anthony, and uh, his app is called Meat Hook. M e e t h o o k. Okay. And he's a he's a real good New York drummer, hardworking musician guy that's gotten into awesome. tech recently. No, I'd I'd love to interview him. That sounds brilliant. We talked about what's next for you. What is the best way to people to connect with you if they want to find out more about you, headliner, the whole shebang? Sure. So, I mean, the easiest thing is probably just to go to headliner.app, headliner.app, and you can go there, um, check out what we're all about. You can actually just sign up for free and start using Headliner. Also, we're at Headliner Video across all social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, And then if anyone wants to email me, I'm oliver at headliner.app. You can actually email info at headliner.app and basically anything will end up in my inbox. (laughs) Awesome. So um, also I want to ask kind of just wrapping up, it doesn't sound from the, obviously the, what we've talked about so far, like it's any, it's not apparent or obvious, but I think everyone has it to some levels. What are your thoughts around fear and fear holding you back and not following what you you probably should be doing? And um, so you've done different things and you went straight and you was clear what you didn't want. And you did the band thing, which a lot of people, you know, would not do something like that. They would do more the traditional job when they really wanted to be in a band. So what are your thoughts around fear and how you've tackled that over your life so far? Well, I mean, my best example of fear is I'm terrified of heights, like Mm -hmm. really scared of heights. And so my brother is really into rock climbing. And so he kind of got me into it. And I would do uh, the type of rock climbing called bouldering where you you don't really go that high. Yeah. 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 And so um, I would kept doing it and kept getting injured because it's kind of like a, you know, I'm a a bigger guy, but I'm also pretty strong. So I'm kind of like pulling myself up the wall and maybe I... um, try a little too hard for my current skill level and I kept like hurting my shoulders or whatever it is, maybe landing mm-hmm. funny on an ankle. And so he was telling me like, he, he's really into the ropes and he was like, you should do the ropes. You should do the ropes. He's saying, telling me for years. And I was like, no, I'm too afraid of heights. And then last December, I don't know what happened, but like in the past couple of years, a, a year and a half, I've just been like, you know, like all the things I'm afraid of, like, I'm just going to try them. Like what's the worst that's going to happen other than maybe falling off a 30 foot wall. But, um, <laughs> so we, uh, we did the ropes. I got on the rope and the first time I did it, it was like, I could make it up like a foot higher than the bouldering wall. And then I get scared cause I wasn't used to that height. Yeah. And then eventually I was just terrified, but I would like go a little higher, a little higher. And then eventually it was like, Oh, I can do the wall at, at the, my gym. And it's maybe like 25 feet high or something like that. Maybe 30 feet. I'm not sure. And then at some point, like, I then wanted to go to higher walls because I liked that, that feeling of kind of being afraid, overcoming it, and then being happy is actually kind of like addictive. Yeah. And so I would almost say like, like for fear, it's kind of like, don't just run away from your fears. Think about what you're afraid of. Think about why, and then just embrace it and, and kind of face it. And then when you come out the other side, you might even like the thing you were afraid of before. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Oliver. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks so much. It's been awesome being on and um, I'll have to check out your book. I'll add it to my Audible list. Oh, awesome. No, please do. Cheers.